This is Lynn from Pickleball Fire. On today's show, I have Jacqueline Prizo. Jacqueline had a long career in professional racquetball, where she finished as the number one player in the world three times. She was also on the U.S. national racquetball team for an amazing 22 years, and she's working toward making the team again. Jacqueline started playing pickleball a few years ago and is now a 4.5 player with the goal of becoming a professional pickleball player. In this episode, Jacqueline talks about using her serve in pickleball as a weapon and describes her dinking strategy. So, let's get to the intro. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast, where it's all about pickleball. So I'd like to welcome today to the show, Jacqueline Parizo. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Well, Jacqueline, I know you, and sometimes I'm going to go ahead and call you Jackie, that I knew you back in the day from actually the racquetball days. I was just, I was probably actually a little bit older than you, but I wasn't nearly as good of a player, but you come from quite a racquetball background. Can you tell me a little bit about what you achieved during that time? Yeah, it's been, um, I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm actually still playing racquetball, uh, still competing at a pro level um, in the outdoor tournaments and trying to get back on the U.S. racquetball team. But I think uh, you and I met back in the 80s. And back then is when I started to play racquetball, like maybe the early 80s. And I made the team back in 1990, stayed on the team and kept uh, qualifying for the team. It's a yearly qualification. And uh, I think I've been on the team for like 22 years which was, you know, an awesome accomplishment. I think for, for myself, it was just such an honor to play with them every year. Um, since then played also on the pro circuit and won three pro year titles. And also I, I played a lot for, um, on the pro tour, didn't finish number one. I honestly, I don't know how many times I finished number two, but I I know it was, I know it was a, a few at least. And um, I was inducted into the Racquetball Hall of Fame in 2009. So that's from having, I think I have over 100 gold medals, just been playing for so long. So when somebody asked me for my accomplishments and I was sitting down writing them down, I had over 100 gold medals for racquetball. It's just been such a fun ride. That's incredible on the fact that you're, it sounds like you're still going to try out for the national team or you're on it or? The last time I played was in 2017 and I had the opportunity to travel and, and compete in that. And I ended up playing Ronda Rasich. I don't know if you know her, but I played her in the finals and um, that was for singles. And they started to incorporate the doubles at the single nationals to, to make it easier for people to travel to it. And so I got second in the um, doubles and the singles that year. So I double qualified. Yeah. So it was three years ago and I haven't been able to go since then, but I'm hoping to go next year and qualify. We're crossing our fingers with COVID. You weren't able to go the last couple of years. Is that just family issues or um, injuries or what kept you out? Yeah, family issues. I've, I've been taking care of my parents and taking care of my mom currently right now. Um, my, my dad passed away this year. He was 101. So I've been their, um, their main caregiver 
So I'd go to work and then I'd go to their place and watch them till the evening. And that, that kept me from traveling quite a bit and it's keeping me right now from traveling as well, but I'm, I'm sure I'll have more time in the near future. I'm very sorry to hear about your dad, but it sounds like he lived a good long life. Oh, he, he did. It's been, it's been a hard year for everybody. I know it's been definitely uh, difficult for our family. And so the interesting question then is, you know, with everything going on in your life, how did you start playing pickleball of all things? <laughs> well, my family, I come from a huge family. So many of us played racquetball and the, the core four of us that play racquetball, um, the older brother, John, he started playing pickleball and he kept asking me to play and kept asking me to play. And I said, I'm still playing racquetball. Like, you know, I'm, I want to focus on that and put my time into training for that. And he kept asking me. And then one time he just said, well, just play with me in this one tournament. I really need a partner. So we played and we ended up winning. It was, it was, it was fun. And then my younger brother and my twin sister, they play and compete as well. So I ended up partnering up with them and there's a lot of local tournaments. So it makes it easier to compete when they're local and we get an opportunity to practice. And who's the best one of the bunch? Probably my younger brother. He he has the the uh, most developed natural ability. I think of all of us. He hits. He hit great in racquetball. I don't know if you ever see, seen him play, but he was an awesome player in racquetball as well. And so, what was it like to do both? Really, I was going to ask you about what was it like to transition from one to another, but you're still actually playing both sports. Yeah, definitely. I I think it, it's it's pretty easy. It's not like transitioning from tennis to racquetball. Um, a lot of the strokes are very similar. There's, there's a little bit of a change for, um, especially I think for pickleball, just because there's, there's so much, um, there's so much speed and, um, quickness in racquetball. And it's hard to transition that to pickleball because pickleball, you're, you're controlling more balls in the kitchen with some ding shots. So I think it's that for that reason, it's, it more difficult to go from racquetball to pickleball. Racquetball is such a power game. How does that affect your style in pickleball? Well, it definitely did um, in the beginning. I was hitting a lot of balls out of the court, of course. And then um, I think a, a big transition also was when you had to wait for that ball to bounce back on your court when you're serving. You know, I just wanted to move up to the front court and, and start hitting the ball. Um, so I had to wait for that. So that that's actually part of the the transition um, difficulty that I um, had to overcome because I, I kept wanting to go forward and then hitting the ball, obviously hard, you know, trying to, that even carries over into the dink shots. You know, you have to lighten up that shot and change it up a little bit, come up underneath the ball instead of coming behind the ball. So there's, a, there's some changes there. So did you consider yourself kind of a banger power hitter when you first started? <laughs> yeah, probably. Although we kept, I, I kept hearing people uh, comment on my siblings and I about how our shot was, had this wrist spin to it. They kept asking, how, how do you hit that shot? I've never seen that shot before. We'd come up under and, and drive it across the net. And so in terms of, how you actually approach 
the game now in pickleball, would you say you're pretty traditional pickleball player now or what's your style of play? Yeah, I think that you have to incorporate that traditional game if you're going to be a good player and then add whatever flair of your game to it. So, you know, you have to know how to hit those things shots uh, as well as drive the ball from deep in the back court and as well as returning to drive, drive shots. But you have to have that thing shot because you have to set yourself up. You know, it's not like, well, the similarity to racquetball is the ceiling ball. So when you're not in a position to hit an offensive shot in racquetball, you want to hit a ceiling ball till you get that opportunity to kill it or have a winning drive pass shot. So it's the same, the same and similar in, in those respects. But um, if you don't get that ding shot, it's, it's a little bit more difficult, I think, for pickleball because you're going towards a person instead of it bouncing off of a wall. So you really have to be accurate in your ding shot over that net. One of the things that I found the most difficult for me when I transitioned from racquetball to pickleball was actually the serve. Did that create any problems for you? Because I, I tended to hit, you know, kind of a flat drive serve, but you need a very different motion and pickleball kind of going from low to high. Yeah. So, so I think what you're talking about is that side arm swing in racquetball versus that, that down and up swing for the serve and pick a ball. And uh, I think I did have a little bit of, a, of trouble with that. And even now, you know, I, um, I built a pickleball court in my backyard. So every once in a while I'll have my family come up. And the last time my sister was up here, she goes, I'm not sure if you're doing sidearm, but you might want to just make sure you're not when you serve. So I'd say I, I think it was a little bit of adjustment, but nothing that I, I struggled with. Yeah, that that's one of the comments I get too. Is some people are like, "Well, it almost kind of looks sidearm," and I'm like, "You know, actually, I've done a lot of video on my phone, and if you look at it, it's 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 not." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think if you play, if you come from another sport like racquetball, you're able to start that motion correctly, and then have a little bit of that sidearm with it. Maybe it's a slice forward and over. I think that's what I do. Well, I mean, and I think serves are probably one of my strongest uh, um, parts of my game right now is my serve. And I think racquetball has probably helped with that. And what's your strategy when you serve? My strategy when I serve is to uh, first serve to their weakness. So if their backhand is weak or maybe they have a hard time moving laterally, which sometimes is and most of the time is the forehand since their people are protecting their backhand more, I'll serve it uh, with an, a, more of an angle across that net. So they have to reach for their forehand and move to the ball. Um, but obviously I, I want to set myself up. I, I know I heard when I was playing pickleball and starting out that people said, just get that ball over the net. And I, you know, I would, and then I thought, well, why do I just want to get that ball over the net? I want to get that ball over the net and have a weak return or no return. So that's my strategy. It's the same like in racquetball. I, I want to set myself up to win the rally um, either with a no return or a weak return so I can, you know, obviously win with points. Now, when you serve, do you 
work on hitting the ball at different heights or is it more just kind of going after somebody's weaknesses? Uh, definitely with different heights and speeds and angles, um, much like racquetball. Um, as far as a lob, I'll throw a lob in if I'm having a difficult time getting my serve, the drive serve in, and or I am playing somebody that you know, wants to drive it hard all the time and maybe has a harder time returning something fast and, and low, or I mean, slow and high. Sorry about that. And so I'll change it up for height for that reason. Um, I might hit something higher because it brings the ball deeper in the court. But most of the time, I'm going to go for that drive serve just, just like I would in racquetball. I'm going to go for that ace before I go for, you know, a lob. That's just a type of player I am. Well, in order to get to the level that you are in racquetball, you you definitely have to be very aggressive, no doubt about it. Are you playing many tournaments when it comes to pickleball at this point and, and kind of what level are you at? Um, well, I have not been playing because of COVID. Um, before that, I was playing 4.5. Um, my brother, he's been playing quite a bit and I know he wants to get into the, the pro events. So he told me I better catch up <laughs> if I want to stay with them. But the next tournament, I think we might we might go above the 4.5 and, and get into the 5.0. That was my goal last year. You know, and then COVID hit was to be a 5.0 by the end of the year. Um, but also taking care of my parents is, is put a little dampener, dampener on that. So that's why I built a pickleball court in my backyard. I think that's that's great. And I um I kind of did almost the same thing in my yard, although it's not quite wide enough, but it's long enough. And uh especially with COVID, I'm like, it's just driving me crazy not really being able to get out there and in Connecticut where I am, it's you know, winter time and there's very little pickleball indoors at this point due to COVID. I mean, at least you being in the San Diego area, you can pretty much play outside all year. Yeah. There, there, I mean, I think this year is going to be drier, but there are times it does rain in San Diego, (laughs) regardless of what people say. There are days that it does rain when we have our rainy season. So I think this year won't be as, as wet, but we'll be able to play outside, but it still gets that, that point where, we have to do what everybody else does and go indoors. And and I hope that COVID doesn't keep everybody outside because, you know, people like, like what you're saying, people like you, who there's snow and, and rain, it's going to be difficult. You know, I originally ran into you again after 20 or 30 years, um, just because I was reaching out to some instructors and uh, you responded to, I think probably asking about different, tips for people. So not only are you playing pickleball, playing racquetball, but it sounds like you're also doing some instruction. Is that, is that right? Yes. Yes. I'm definitely um, giving some instruction right now. You know, again, COVID has put um, a stop to a lot of it, but I'm still teaching some people. I mean, some people from racquetball are getting into pickleball and with COVID um, hitting, there's just a lot of people that can't play indoor and don't really like playing racquetball outdoor. You know, it's, you have to chase the ball a little bit more. It's just a different game altogether. You don't have that back wall and the side walls to 
have a second chance at the ball. So I think it's maybe not as appealing to everybody, you know, as much as pickleball is. So a lot of people have been trying to find something to keep themselves busy and in shape. And a lot of the racquetball players have been playing pickleball because they hear of other people that are playing pickleball that are racquetball players. So I've been, I've been teaching those people. Oh, so that that's right. You've got that racquetball audience already. So now you're teaching them pickleball, it sounds like. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's interesting. It's fun. I don't want to pull people away from racquetball just because it's already um, hurting right now as far as, you know, the participants. And I think it's because of sports like pickleball. Um, so I don't really want to pull people away from that. And I'm still going to be teaching racquetball and playing racquetball, you know, hopefully for the rest of my life. So, you know, when COVID's all done, I, I was teaching a junior group out um, in East Lake, the junior racquetball Academy out there. And I'm, I'm missing those kids and I'm hoping to get back to teaching them. So, you know, hopefully I could take a team to junior nationals. Yeah, you know, racquetball was always interesting because honestly, it's a little bit like pickleball where it's actually pretty easy to learn and it doesn't have quite as much of a learning curve as tennis, but it there was it was just always very male dominated whereas I look at pickleball and there's, you know, it's more of an even split. Yeah, I think that's because the, the racquetball gets hit so hard and it echoes in the court, so you've got an audible you know, sound that people that, you know, the women don't like, and the ball comes back off the back wall and you have so many, so many ways that ball can hit you. You know, it's not, not like pickleball, it's coming right at you. It's either coming straight at you or it's not at all, unless your partner hits you, of course, but you know, in racquetball, it's bouncing off so many different balls. It, I think it's more fearful for women to play. Um, pickleball's a cute sport for you know, those women dress really cute with their skirts and their outfits. And I think it's a social thing that um, maybe from tennis players coming into to pick a ball that is appealing to women. If you've got somebody just starting out in the game, what would be your number one tip for them? Uh, from racquetball or not from racquetball? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Either way. Okay. Uh, I see the number one tip. And just like, I, I think that's what I answered for you is that um, in your um, article was that you really need to learn to hit that kitchen shot, that dink shot. If that's a third um, shot drop or it's the kitchen dink shot up front, you know, you really need to learn to hit that because I think when you first start out, you don't really realize how important that shot is because your opponents are the same level you are and you're, you're maybe not taking advantage of that. Um, but as you get better, you play the better players, they're going to set the ball in the kitchen. So you're forced to pop that ball up and they're going to have that advantage to hit the ball and drive it back at you. So I'd say you definitely need to learn that shot. Um, and if you're, you know, coming from a sport like racquetball, uh, you definitely need to, to slow that ball down a little bit till you get used to the, the length of the court and the speed of the ball and, um, you can really control that ball better because that's, that's what I see with a lot of people when they start out, they're just hitting a lot of the balls out. So if you can learn to control that ball, that that's a good thing to learn before you start, you know, playing. And you had mentioned that you were 
at the 4.5 level and your goal this year, although due to COVID, that may be next year, was to work your way up to 5.0. What what would be the difference between like a 4.5 and 5.0? What would you have to change to get to that level? I would I would say, oh, well, so just to correct for that, I was hoping to be the 5.0 by the end of last year, but that didn't happen. So yes, by this year is the, is the, the next goal. Um, I would say, uh, the difference between 4.5 and a 5.0 is the accuracy in those dink shots and the ability to hit, especially cross court dinks with, you know, your backhand more consistently. If you're, if you're not hitting those, you just pop it up just a little bit. It's just enough to end that rally. So I, I feel that that's a huge difference. Um, as far as serves, you know, like I said, everybody was saying just most of the higher players just get it over the net. Um, I feel that it's an advantage to have a good serve that starts your rally off in, in your favor. So uh, I believe getting that serve down. So one that you can control left to right, you know, high to low, deeper up front. You know, one of my serves I forgot to tell you earlier was a serve that's a slower serve. You start out fast with the motion you take a little bit off. So it just goes over the net. So a lot of the players are waiting for it deep in the back court. Um, and that usually helps you with a, a setup because they're reaching forward and they kind of pop it up. Don't really have the control. Um, I think the serve is an important part of the game. And just getting back to the dink shot for a minute, what's your goal in terms of how high above the net are you trying to hit it? Is it, you know, just a little bit over the net or are you trying to maintain consistency by hitting it a little bit higher, but obviously not popping it up. Yeah. You know, as I watched, as I watched the pros play, um, I see both. I see them pop it up just over the net. Um, cause I, I was watching, I thought, gosh, that is really high, but it's dropping over the net and it's not bouncing back up high. So people can't drive it. Um, and then I was watching again, the other pros play and they were hitting it right over the net and it was hitting and bouncing right at the line. So right at the person's feet. So I try to, for myself, I try to hit right over the net. Um, I think that that's easier to hit that shot than to try to hit it high and short, if that makes sense to you. So it's for me, I, I try to, pop it right over the net so it's not coming high so if i'm a little bit off they're not up high and to have an opportunity to drive it no i agree with that completely that's exactly what i found it's you know even at a 3.5 level i can just get it a little bit too high and they'll drive it back i'm much better just hitting the ball just over the net yeah and I, I find with the dinks, if you come up underneath the ball, so a lot of the bending of the knees and, you know, like you're patty caking up or flipping a pancake, you want to hit underneath the ball instead of behind the ball. And that'll help lift it a little bit without hitting it hard. That makes sense. So just out of curiosity, what is your goal? Do, do you have like an end goal in, in pickleball? I, uh, level you would like to get to? I mean, I know you're pretty darn competitive. <laughs> yes, thanks. My whole fam- my whole family is is competitive. 
you know, I'd love to play pros. Um, right now I'm getting my teaching credential and still taking care of my mom. Um, so a realistic goal is to play at least the 5.0 right now and start competing at that level. And, you know, like I did with racquetball national level and, you know, hopefully in the future, I'd love to play pros, you know, and I think that's really doable for, for me, even, you know, uh, later in life, I feel like pickleball really uh, caters to that. Well, all right. I just wanted to thank you so much for being on the show. I really enjoyed having you and you gave my audience some great tips on serving, especially and certainly dinking too. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. All right. Well, take care. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes. 